Welcome everyone to this podcast in relation to IT solutions during the corona crisis and pandemic that we're facing at the moment. Um, so today I'm talking to Nick Downing. Nick is the Victorian State Manager for Medihost Solutions. Medihost Solutions is a medical IT provider who focus on cloud solutions and supporting you in your IT environment. They're specialists in medical practice and that's why I've asked Nick to speak with me today. As always, the advice given here is general in nature. So always get advice from your specific IT provider for your own individual circumstance. So welcome to the studio, Nick. Thanks, Carolyn. Um, Nick, so to begin with, tell us how the IT side of a business um, is most likely to be affected in relation to doctors' practices by coronavirus. Yeah, so Carolyn, mostly it's the fact that practices are all having to work from home. They're having to change the business in a way that doctors and admin staff can all continue supporting and caring for patients, um, but from a completely different location. That also means that they need remote access into their IT environment, as well as their phones and ability to take calls and transfer phones from home as well. So Nick, tell us if doctors do have to set up at home and it looks likely that this might be something that occurs, what's your advice in this space? Yeah, for sure. So if you've not already, you'll need to speak with your IT provider to test and ensure that your IT is actually set up for remote access for both clinicians and admin staff. It's crucial that security and not speed is the priority during this change because at the moment, health IT attacks um, have increased around the world. There have been multiple health IT data breaches reported in the US in the last two months as IT providers are scrambling to open up ports on servers and set up ad hoc haphazard remote access. Yeah, so for sites that are already remotely hosted or using a cloud-based practice management software, there could be some extra licensing charges, but not a huge difference to your IT environment. So Nick, what about practices that might have an IT server on site? Sure, so if you have an on-site server, already with remote access set up, then there shouldn't be too much more for IT to configure as long as that remote access is already secure and through a VPN, it may be just a few extra licenses. But if your on-site server previously doesn't have remote access, then you'll have to work with your IT to set up remote access. And this is where you need to be very clear with them to ensure that this remote access is through a VPN um, and um, is secure. So Nick, I've had a few doctors ask already about the speed of internet connections for their staff. How would they actually check this? So if they go home and, and open up a web browser from their home computer or their work laptop at home um, and go to speedtest.net, and then wait for the page to load and then click go. The standard speeds for a, a home ADSL is 10 megabits down and one megabit per second up. Um, those speeds will be reasonable for them to remote in to your practice management software. Um, if they have NBN, then there'll be nothing to worry about and NBN standard speeds are anywhere between 50 and 100 megabits down and 20 and 40 megabits up. The people that will have speed issues will be those on older ADSL connections um, 
and it might be worth them checking if uh, NBN is available to their home. You can check that by going to nbn.com.au, put in your address. Um, if that's not going to be possible, then a good workaround for these times will be to either buy some extra data packs for your staff's mobile phones um, so they can hotspot or tether from their phone. Or if that's not possible, send them to Officeworks, pick up a wireless 4G router and a SIM card and load that with data. All right, so if the doctors have difficulty with that, of course they can go to their IT provider, suggest that and get them to help them set that up. Correct, correct. One thing to just be mindful of and ask your staff to be mindful of, if they are using a 4G connection or their iPhones or a hotspot, remind them not to browse Facebook or news websites or YouTube during business hours because these sorts of websites will use a heap of data and you'll literally be spending between 50 and $100 a day on data packs. So as all of these websites auto stream videos, especially news websites these days, um, ask them to keep, just keep to business websites only. Nick, in these times where children may also be home from school whilst people are working from home, I presume that applies across the children at the house as well to limit the use of internet and so forth or video games that might be running across the net. Is that correct? It may be. Um, each situation will probably differ based on your home internet connection and what games and which websites there are. So just that's a good thing to keep in mind. So if you notice that you're at home remoting into your practice management software or trying to um, do some transcriptions and typing and you're getting latency when you're typing letters and the the words are coming up slightly later. Um, that's the point where you should get up and yell at the kids to turn off YouTube. Um, it yeah. should be able to handle multiple devices, um, but if you're getting those delays when you click and then a second later it actually clicks, that's a problem either with your home internet connection or the internet connection where your server is based. If your server is remotely hosted in the cloud, like our hosted system, that won't be the problem. The problem will be at home. Nick, thanks very much for that valuable advice. So what else do we need to consider when doctors are setting up staff from home or even working at home themselves? So for your admin staff, um, you'd need to consider how they will, what sort of device they'll be connecting to your system from. So it is possible to obviously set up remote access on a personal computer at home. Probably not recommended um, because that can be a security risk in the future. Um, so speak to your IT. Um, provider and ask them to provide a quote to both provide either a laptop or a Microsoft Surface, then they should be able to configure that in their office and send it out to you fully configured and ready to go. Generally, we wouldn't recommend iPads just because they'll need external mice and keyboards and a mount to make it feel like, a, feel like an actual computer and your staff will need to be typing. So probably larger devices will be better in this case. Okay, so reception staff, we sound like we've covered, Nick. What about typists? Yeah, so something that can often be forgotten about is, is how are we going to keep the letters getting out back to our GPs um, and our referrals. So typists may need extra foot pedals or headsets to be set up at home. Um, and if you have a VoIP system, a voice over IP phone system, uh, and staff 
may actually be able to take their desk phones home with them. But if you're planning to do that, just double check that you don't also need a power adapter because a lot of desk phones when plugged into the office won't need a power adapter, but at home they will due to the differences in the network environments. So in relation to telephone calls, this is a huge part of any practice. What's your advice in this space, Nick? It sure is, Caroline. So speak to your IT or your phone provider about your options here as the flexibility of your phone system hugely depends on the type of phone system. So if it's a new voice over IP cloud managed service, then they should be able to set up an app on their iPhone, which will literally turn their iPhone or Android device into their desk phone. You can do things like call park, call transfer, input pickle and hold. You can do everything on the app that you're used to on your desk phone. If it's a new VoIP cloud system, if it's an older, more standard PABX phone system with Telstra or Optus or Commander, then you'll really just be putting a call forward in place to your staff's mobile phones. Those call forwards can be put in place sometimes from the desk phone itself in the office by doing a little keystroke, um, or you might need to get on the phone and speak to your, your IT or phone provider, or sit on hold to Telstra for two hours. Hopefully you can avoid that. So it's also important to point out at this time, Nick, I think that people would have a standard after hours message on their phone. So it'd be timely now to re-record that with new details. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. So if call, for, call forwards can't easily be put in place or if people have had to exit the practice um, rather urgently, then at least you've got your did not answer or after hours message to direct patients to the new phone number. All of this said, um, changing uh, to a new VoIP service is can be quite a smooth, quick process. So if you're having issues with your phone system, um, you can reach out to a VoIP provider and they can put the call forwards in place pretty quickly and then set you up with a fully managed cloud VoIP service. So Nick, we've talked a little bit about staff being prepared for home, which is fantastic, and also phones. What about preparing doctors to work from home and including telehealth here? Yeah, so doctors working from home first um, might need to change the way they're organising or completing their dictations. Um, they might not have access to their dictaphone, they may have left it at work or their cradle might be at home. Um, so they might, they do have options to install a dictation app on their iPhone um, or Android device um, released by Olympus or Philips or whatever company is that they're used to using from their current devices. Um, they've also got options to trial voice recognition software such as Dragon Medical One, which works really well in hosted or remote access environments, um, especially if typists aren't available during this time. Um, yeah, now could be the time to trial some voice recognition technologies. Once again, very sound advice, Nick. Um, tell us more about telehealth then and that setup. Yeah, so as doctors are obviously trying to um, socially distanced from their patients. Um, it will be ideal for them to be running a lot more telehealth consultations. Zoom for healthcare is, uh, is an encrypted video conferencing application. And the great thing about Zoom, as opposed to some other options, is that your admin staff can schedule your consultations with each patient 
they can click on a link, they don't need to install software or create an account, and they will be sitting ready for the consultation to start, and then the doctor can just jump in when they're ready. So they can move basically through these virtual rooms with patients sitting ready and waiting to go. So yeah, we really like Zoom. It also works with some of our more premium VoIP handsets, which are set up for video calls. So you can even have the patient's face coming up on the phone next to your computer. Thanks, Nick. We use Zoom at our office as well. To make the note there that there is Zoom for healthcare and this is a paid su subscription. So we're not talking about the free version of Zoom here. Correct, yeah. Well, Zoom certainly for healthcare sounds like a great option, Nick. In relation to using it, is there anything our listeners need to know about when working for home uh, in relation to their admin function being affected or operating differently because they're using Zoom? Yeah, for sure. Look, I just recommend you try to space out your consultations a little more. As with um, any change of a system, things will take a little longer to, to initially get set up and get used to. So if you're used to, you know, your 30 minute um, initial consults and your 15 minute follow ups, just add another five minutes onto each um, for your first few trial consulting sessions. And that should take a lot of pressure off everyone. Nick, that all sounds great. Um... So do you have any other tips to help a smooth transition to a home working environment for our doctors and staff? I would certainly recommend setting up Slack, Microsoft Slack, which is a, basically a chat application and it's free to use. Um, you can sign each of your staff into Slack, they have a username and it's a way for everyone in the business to feel more engaged with each other. Half the time it's full of cat gifs and pictures of of funny things, but it's a good way to, for people to feel like they're in the same virtual room. The next level up from that, which can be a bit weird, but we actually do it, which is a permanent Skype video call between everyone. So we have two offices in Melbourne and Sydney, um, and we actually have a permanent Skype call between the two offices, which works really well for us as an IT company. Um, and as our staff are starting to work from home, we're just bringing in those staff with their faces as well. So we're all fully connected. We can even hear each other when we're on, when each other are on the phone. We can even hear what they're talking about. So you can then jump on Slack and say, hey, I heard you were just chatting with this doctor. I've spoken to them last week about this. And it's almost like being in the same room. It takes a bit to get used to, but I would recommend it if one of your concerns is staff engagement and communication. Nick, I have to say I agree with you there on both uh, fronts. We use Slack at our office very successfully as well, and it really is good for connecting. It's quick. You're not having to type out an email each time, find addresses, um, put in subject lines, etc. So definitely with that. Hadn't thought about Zoom from home. I think that's really good advice as well to keep uh, the connections in that you can see people, but obviously we have to consider that they've got a camera and a microphone um, that's working well. So that's something that they should be testing, um, I'm guessing, before um, setting all of these things up or relying on them. Absolutely. So, Nick, in relation to doctors' cash flow, do you have any advice in relation to their spend through this IT transition, um, both setting up and then you know, moving forward in relation to calls? Is there anything they need to be aware of in that space? I do. Um, probably the first thing to consider is if you're purchasing hardware for your staff to use, try to think of how it might be still usable in the future after this 
COVID-19 outbreak. So for example, I was chatting with a, um, a customer yesterday, they need to provide three of their staff with laptops. Instead, we've rec recommended they purchase surfaces, which are large tablets. So the nurses can then carry them around through the clinic in the coming couple of years as mobile offices. So for now, they'll work well as laptops from home and moving forward, there'll be something still useful in the system. So during this time, doctors might need um, quite a bit of IT support, Nick. What's your advice in relation to managing ongoing IT support charges? So get in touch with your account manager from your current IT company. Um, find out what your current plan is, if um, access to support is ad hoc chargeable or if it's included in your plan. Um, you might even just be able to change your current plan, increase your monthly fee a little bit, to give you that unlimited access to support, which you'll most definitely need over the next three to six months. Nick, thank you so much for coming into the studio today. For our listeners, I will have an information sheet that Nick has kindly provided on all the tips that we've just talked through. So you'll be able to download that and give it to your staff. I will also have Nick's contact details once again, he's from Medihost. He's a preferred provider of IT solutions for RWS staff. Um, so if you need further help in that arena, you can go to Nick as well if you can't get onto your own IT provider. Once again, Nick, thank you for your time today. Thanks very much, Carolyn. Thanks for having me.